Hello everyone and welcome to the Two Have and Two Roll podcast. My name is Oliver. On this show, Robin and myself spoke with Pixie. Pixie is a long-term LARPer and is involved in many LARPs here in the UK. We mainly discuss the Empire LARP system and the nation of Barushka in which Pixie currently plays. We talk about the Barushkan culture, we talk about the lore behind the nation. This is actually the last, but not the least of the nations that we have featured on our show from the Empire LARP system. I'm going to put up a playlist on YouTube with all those episodes that we have featured each of the 10 nations of Empire. If you are watching this on YouTube, make sure that you give this video a thumbs up. Make sure that you subscribe. That really does help us. If you are listening on your favorite audio platform, leave us a nice review. That's another way to help us. If you do wish to support us or just get in contact with us, the details are in the episode description. With that all out of the way though, let's get into our conversation with Pixie. Pixie here with us. Pixie, when when did you uh, when did you well, how long have you been laughing for? Uh, I've been laughing since 1996 was my Ooh. first event. Wow! Uh, I went I went as a baby with like my brother, mm-hmm. and then like went to CP and I did CP for ages, mm-hmm. and then progressed on from there. Um, went to different games, and then one day my friends were like, "So uh, we've got a group, an Empire." a little nation called Varushka. There's a wiki. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, okay. And yeah, I've been there ever since <laughs> when it comes to Empire. Yeah. I have well, not left. I, I didn't realize how long Curious Pastimes have been have been going. You still do Curious Pastimes? Oh, yeah, I still do Curious Pastimes. Um, in fact, it's the part of the, hopefully, part of the free week. Lateral that I've got coming up, starting as of next weekend, wrapping yeah. uh, Beyond Ragnarok and then Empire. And then Curious Pastimes in the weekend off, yes. And then refing another game called Eldritch Day, so it's going to be a busy four weeks. <laughs> yeah, you are you are a hardcore. Have you always been like that that hardcore into into LARP? Like that's like from really. from day one. Or... <laughs> uh, so obviously, I got the bug pretty earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, like everybody gets, you know, it's the escapism thing. It's the yeah. adult make believe, and like, how can you not love running around pretending to be somebody else the weekend when all the world is out there and you're in here, and all that matters is you're in here. Um, And then I I started branching out into other games, like in my early 20s, playing like smaller games. And then I got invited to ref a game uh, called Age of Aoife, which was a steampunk game. And then uh, just the friendship circle just networked from there, you know, and like some of the people I call family, like more family Mm -hmm. than my actual family. And I only see them four or five times a year. Uh, (laughs) Last year, for instance, last year we did five weddings, including our own. All of them LARPers. <laughs> All of them. That's... Including up in the mount- like up in the mountainous regions in Scotland. Yeah. Um so yeah, like it's just crazy how quick it's all time's gone but like i i go and i played like loads of different games uh, like there used to be a game called nexus which was uh an airsoft game which was okay, yeah, uh, yeah. set in the near future um it was like oh, evil corporations cool. versus like uh rebellions and it was run <laughs> by my friend james and matt from birmingham and that that was a lot of fun and then like i i like my more traditional fantasy games or like historical style games so yeah yeah so, um, so you you got chucked in like as a kid then because a lot of people we speak to are like that they, they come in through like 
tabletop or they're coming through yeah like uh like wargaming or they're coming through airsoft or something like that but it sounds like you were you were pretty much this is this is larp <laughs> yeah my brother took me along and he thought i would enjoy it like he was doing it from like the early 80s um went to a game called treasure trap which was one of the first founding games yeah. uh, for okay. larp in the country and then like um lorraine trust started their games and my yeah. first event was at drum hill which is a really really old site um and i remember just following my brother around like all the time because he was my responsible adult mm. even though he wasn't that <laughs> responsible um and then like i just grew up in the games you yeah. know and i just grew up and i enjoyed it and more and more and then it got to the point when i got to like 17 18 and like i'm making my way sort of via trains by myself you know um doing like three hour train journeys from cambridgeshire just like right down to the south coast and things like that uh or up in up in, like i think used to run games that well wigan is one of the most uh northerly sites that i've been to which yeah. is up um up by manchester uh-huh. yeah. um ironically that's where we do beyond ragnarok as well we do all our events there <laughs> yeah. um but like it, it's it's you know like my mum used to like i think one year my mum and my dad went on holiday to wales and they took me up to wigan from Cambridgeshire all the way up to Oral and they went over to Wales for the weekend because it was uh, a Thursday to a Monday event and on Monday like they're waiting in the car park in my dad's jag just watching everybody come down and my mum has said something that's a line that's always stuck with me it looked like a load of refugees just coming out everyone's got their gear on and you know you've got a tractor coming down with all the stuff all, all people's kits on and like they've always known about it they yeah. never really understood it but then my mum was always into it and uh my, my dad was just when, when he was with us he was just like well you know it's harmless he's enjoying himself because yeah. I, I guess all he's they coming home looking yeah <laughs> i imagine the only thing they would know would be what you and your brother would tell them like like in in the 90s early 2000s i guess there wasn't really much i mean there's not that much now online about what larp is especially like separate really. systems you know so i no, guess there wasn't that much information there was a concerning incident at school once when uh, they got called in because like they asked us at school, oh, what did you all do on your summer holidays? And I started saying, well, I ran around kick, uh, beating up orcs with, with my brother. And uh, they were quite concerned about those comments. And like, they called my parents in and they was like, no, he actually did go and do that. They went camping and played in a make-believe world. <laughs> and they like, were beating each other up. <laughs> the satanic yeah. panic is real. They think they're in a fantasy world. No, they're Pretty actually much. in a fantasy world. It's it's all okay. So did you, did you play... Um, pd's other games then uh previously uh no i came straight to empire mm-hmm. and said like my friends are like just just come you'd enjoy mm-hmm. it and um yeah and i've been there ever since and yeah. i've had i've had the pleasure to watch Varushka grow from when i first started yeah it used to be like one of the smallest nations but like yeah. it's just especially um i would say from like 2018 just <laughs> just yeah, what, bloomed out what position is it currently is it it must be kind of mid mid-tier now kind of size definitely mid-tier yeah definitely mid-tier because we if we're not looking at like force weightings like on the battlefield we do have quite significant numbers like our nation's part of the field is always camped out there's a lot of kids in the nation which is also as somebody who's grown up in LARP I, I love seeing seeing the kids around like uh one of my friends Andy 
and his partner Lucy, who he used to be my boyer before I went off and started my own veil. Um, he he brought his daughter to the first event and it's half past seven in the morning and I'm talking to one of the other new players who's also a mum and all I hear in the morning is they're letting them go oh hiya and it's just it's a really surreal thing to hear but it's just so nice to hear you know like because you see the kids get into it way more than the adults at times and it's it's so lovely it helps so much with the immersion though doesn't it like having all the kids there and just being like like you said like so into the game and just so involved in it you just feel like you're in a little world with them all well you get like subtle little jokes as well so like um my friend ben who's one of the senators uh, he plays a senator called vuk wolf eater okay. now one of the younger lads uh, like one of the kids was there and like they call themselves wolf like little wolf and i was sitting there going <laughs> And as, as somebody who really likes the wolf side of our, our half magic, I was like, so wolf book eater, you know, my egregore smiling, the mum smiling. And we're like, okay, the child's got a name for life now. Didn't tell book about it. So if Ben's watching this, nice. there you go. <laughs> so you mentioned that the wolf side of your half magic, what do, you, what do you mean by that? What's the, so we've got several sides towards our half magic. Uh, a lot of the half revolves around like, warding of roads and keeping the wolves at bay you know um but i know uh taz who plays our grandmother one of our egregores normally looks really spooky but she's really lovely mm-hmm. um we'll, we'll we'll say the iconic line of you don't always have to stab the wolf um there are some Varushkans that believe the wolves are important as what the wardens are you know um, and with wolves it's, it's like a general term Mm-hmm. So you could have anything from Mora, which are shape-shifting bird people, mm-hmm. uh, to what the biggest wolves that are known, like the, the, your common plague wolves, I like to say common because they're quite common in places like Necrova, one of our territories, or even higher than that, and then you've got like the sovereigns, and like then there's normally like one sovereign per territory, or there might be one sovereign linked to a veil, and the veil is like a township almost, or a village, mm-hmm. uh, where groups have come from and a lot of groups have backgrounds to do with a certain sovereign so they put it in their group background and pedia like yeah you can have that yeah. and normally it's a deal that does that you do with them um like to put one of the most famous sovereigns is actually how varushka became varushka uh first there was originally the vard and then there was the ushkins the vard were fearless warriors similar to the steiner uh, okay, a yeah. joke I have with one of the Wintermark egregores where the Vard came first. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> adjusts our children. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it was because there's there's, there's on, on on a little sub note there was a part with the Jotun, the Vard, and the Steiner where they did all something called burying the hatchet, and it was at the peace stone to stop the wars between between the three of them. Oh, wow. Um, wow. There was a time where there was an infamous sovereign called Alderai the Fair um, who was trying to take over the empire, but Varushka wasn't in the empire properly at this point. Uh, but he tried to take over the empire by fear and control because nobody could be unified unless they were all bound to his will, and that was his belief. So he, created, he had a load of followers called the Velodny, which are also to us a kind of wolves, like they, they don't have hearts and things like that. Like it's quite crazy. All this is on the wiki, by the way. So I'm trying to memorize as much as possible. But it uh, ended up the Ushkins 
side who are like what who are wise magic users and like they they sided with some of the empire and then they hunted down Alderai uh, in in a load of woods which is actually there is a boar seat uh, weirwood boar seat called hunt of the hunt of Alderai the hunt of the hunt of Alderai the fair yeah. uh, okay. which is actually an imperial position um, not a national position so it's 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 tied to the area where Alderai fell and then all the Velodny just went like that and ran away um, and now they're all in different parts of the empire hiding away plotting and scheming uh like evil nasty wizards they are apparently <laughs> oh man <laughs> they're all so deep but that like like behind all those kind of names and things like that you'd never know so the the, the veils are they your mm-hmm. they're your like so they'd be they'd they'd be uh to the dornish it'd be our versions of houses Mm -hmm. to the winter mark it'd be their versions of halls Mm -hmm. you know uh like uh an earl or a thane would lead a hall or a Mm -hmm. house we have what's called boyers um the boyers are in charge essentially making sure their people uh survive the winter most definitely mm-hmm. um and and do the best interest of their veils so you will have like normally like small little towns or villages mm-hmm. um like my veil is currently in ossium mm-hmm. um nice job and you know like uh, we have a whole thing of where we offer hospitality to wolves and wardens alike mm-hmm. so as long as they don't break that hospitality they won't be eaten by the wolves that lurk all around is that the main the, the main reason for the hospitality because because my experience in Barushka is is limited in my first year at empire but mm. luckily luckily i was i was uh happy and naive enough when i went into a Barushkan tent and i was offered uh food i took it i took a big gobstopper put it in my mouth and then proceeded to <laughs> like this and i was like what an idiot why did i do that then i later found out that it was a good thing i did that so is that what that's yeah so it, it's mainly to protect us from wolves even with the wardens up some some wolves may find a way around and once you're bound by the law of hospitality they cannot act in an aggressive manner. You know, uh, if you do break hospitality, there's something called you're given the road. Normally you're given a bit of food and a drink and you are to leave. But if you, if you, if, if you then persistently don't, then some of the VARD side might come out and somebody might put an axe on you. But like it's just eight crowns and assault charge I heard last mm-hmm. time. So, you know. <laughs> so, so there are like settlements in, in Barushka, like it's obviously the Vales of your settlements. Oh yeah, the road. But, but like, were the Barushkans like a traveling people or something? Because it's a lot about like the road and. So the roads are essentially the 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 law is the walls are always built inside the roads. So we ward our roads to keep essentially so you can travel safely between Vales. Mm-hmm. Winters are very harsh. Night times can be even harsher. Uh, this is why the wardens go out and you, you'll see them at every event uh, every day they'll go out and they'll ward the camp so as to protect the people inside yeah. uh, and we have in Barushka we have five territories we have um, Volomarts, we have Karof we have Karsk uh, we have Mikrova and then we have now have Osu mm-hmm. so it's all of these territories are then broken down there's some larger towns there's some smaller towns and there's veils within those towns there are some veils that we don't even know that are now creeping out of the woodwork because they've been misted away <laughs> because of the sovereign keeping them safe away from everybody else so nobody knew of their existence and suddenly they have merged um but the importance of roads is importance to the people mm. because if we don't have these roads we can't i can't take my wares to the next veil to sell 
And if these roads aren't warded or they're not walled, or if you stray off from the roads, then you'll most likely get eaten by wolves. Um, it's that grim melancholy that uh, a lot of us have. It's <laughs> the easiest way to describe it. That was my first experience in Varushka anyway. That was the first thing I was told was <laughs> about the roads um, as I was sitting, drinking a lot of meat. So again, glad I accepted the meat. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's also it's part of the people as well like e- even though some especially myself play quite grim determined characters because there's a, a some barishkins believe in what's called the hard choice which is no matter what the cost is you will make that hard choice yeah uh, one of my hard choices ex- um examples was i got cursed for giving so for giving another nation opportunity to preach to their own kinds, it was to the Imperial Orcs, to welcome them in, um, to welcome their preachers in, to preach to the Orcs of Ossium when I was the senator, so they could take uh, the or give them the choice of where they went. Now a young Orc preacher comes around, and he's talking, and myself and another Varushkin called Father Drakov offered a load of we're not men of money, right? We're not like, we're not traders, we, we were priests, so we had a lot of liao. They're about to have a mandate, so we, get, so we gave that over. And then it got interpreted as charity. I would say that's prosperity, but that's my personal opinion. Next thing I know, I'm getting cursed at midnight at the half fire uh for this action by one of the covens <laughs> at the night market and i'm thanking them for it and the orcs are looking at me going why are you thanking us for it? this and my egregore was like i know why it was like just helping me it's fine um i'll take it it's my hard choice i wanted to give them the choice of where they went but uh-huh. it's, it's fine uh-huh. <laughs> like, so, but like it's, it's very governed by hard choice and rules yeah. that's that's very much the notion yeah. So what's, yeah. the, so what's the what's the night market then? Is that a uh, an event or festival or something? Yeah. So we have a few festivals. Uh, the next one will be the festival of Zoria and uh, the the weaving of the loom. A lot of it's to forget about those that we've lost. Uh, the night market is possibly my favourite. Yeah. Um, it happens at the later end of the year. We have a day market and then we have a night market. So the day market, everybody will come around. They'll see the wares, but the night market is where strange deals strange things and can be sold and happen uh, everybody's got their own agendas everybody's got their own things but essentially it is the whole camp becomes a marketplace everybody's trying to sell you something whether it's in-game resources whether it's uh, a hot drink by a fire whether it's stew cooked by an egregore whether it's even just a fortune telling reading one of my personal favorites i've ever seen was um, done by uh, Phil, my friend Phil, who plays uh, the Boyo of the Varazi. Mm-hmm. He did this in 2019. During the day, he was selling wares, and at night, he was walking around with a big chalkboard, and on it said, ask me anything, and then a price. Okay. But because the night market can be cheeky, can be mischievous, mm-hmm. he was giving out useless answers, with like double entendre answers, so you might ask him, uh, how do I become a great warrior? And he'll turn around going, start off by not getting stabbed or duck the blows. You asked him a question, he's giving you an answer, but he was playing into the mischievous side of it. So it's, it's a very fun festival. It's a festival where coin can be made, you know, and then those coins will go back to the veils or they'll go out further, go to Imperial Project, whatever. But like, it's, everybody gets to do something. Everybody gets to apply a trade and it's it's part of the traditions, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, you'll see like the Festival of Zoria, 
uh, they'll be walking around with almost like a giant puppet. It's, it's the easiest way to describe uh, yeah, yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with the puppet. Yeah, and then that will lead on to the person. weaving of the loom mm-hmm. and so everybody gets to put a bit into the loom and those that have fallen will be remembered. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to say the night market is personally my favourite because it's just so much opportunity for role play. Yeah. I was selling stories last event. I was buying stories of other people to tell them to other people. And then I was buying their stories to tell other people. So I was just, I wasn't actually making any money. I was just passing the money around the field. Because I'm just like, you, have you, got, have you got a good story? Have you got a story with, 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 with like a lesson or a funny story or a story of tragedy? I'll give you a story for a story, but I'll also pay you a couple of rings for it. Mm. And then, uh, and it, it just goes around. Yeah. <laughs> and they're selling me stories and I'm buying stories. And I was just passing money around. I didn't actually make any money though. <laughs> <laughs> that night but it was fun it, you know that's what it's all about at the end of the day isn't it yeah is storytelling like quite quite a prominent part of the nation because robin and i we were looking for we, we so we were looking for love stories at e2 e, no e3 um e2 and e3 we, we split up went to completely different nations and we both ended up in barushka within like an hour but and yeah they were like go to Varushka for for stories and somehow we ended up there and and everyone was willing to tell stories in Varushka yeah so stories is quite a big part of the culture same as song um one of our most famous stanzas happens to be the rusty compass um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there were a few in on field i think uh like last event we ended up doing a street party on the corner of dawn and the winter mark and that was a lot of fun and yeah. suddenly it started off with just us and like 30 people, then 50 people. And it just holds some fun. But like the stories play quite a lot of part because there's obviously a lot of rules to follow, like not straight from the path. And a lot of our stories very much like Grimm's Brothers yes. has that uh, almost like that meaning behind it of the ultimate lesson. But where, for instance, uh, <laughs> to play on it, uh, where, where the lesson of Goldilocks is not steal, the, the Vershkin version of that would be, well, Goldilocks got eaten by the bears, you yeah. know, and like it didn't even advance any further. She was there. She got eaten by the yeah, bears. Yeah, like, like, like the bear's house. Exactly. Like the <laughs> yeah. Brothers Grimm, but it hasn't been modernized for uh, for, for Western audience, like modern Western audiences. Yeah, <laughs> it's not been Disneyfied or, yet. <laughs> or you get like the tale of Hansel and Gretel. And it's actually a poor old lady who has a house invaded and ends up getting cooked herself. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that again, it's that <laughs> melancholy, said grim sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it they so like Brushka really gives off that yeah, it does give off that vibe of like, yeah, we live a harsh way of life. Like the but but you, you in Brushka you seem to kind of keep that when you're at Amble because you, you talk to the Navarre and the Navarre are supposed to be like they'll tell you, Oh yeah, we live a hard life on the trods and it's crap and then uh Amble is like our Christmas and that's why they're all wild at Amble and happy. But the Varushkins, it might just be my perception, but the Varushkins are very much, they're still like, you still do your warding and things like that. It's just Friday. Like, that's how most Varushkins just look at it. It's just another day. Are we going to survive the night? Are we going to survive the winter? Mm. Are we going to survive the seasons? Because you never know what's out there and what's going to come for you. Whether you've broken a deal, whether you've crossed somebody wrong, whether somebody's done another deal where you could be at the expense of it it's, it's always spending most of your life looking over your shoulder mm-hmm. and making sure you don't annoy anybody like yeah. that's one of them yeah. <laughs> like, that's the, like when when i went into Varushka, i was obviously looking around for stories and things and i was asking about stories of true love and i was told about a potential story so i was waiting for these people to come back when he, a lady was sitting outside her tent and she was like i hear you're looking for stories 
come sit down. And I sat down and she told me the story and it was it was about love, but it was heartbreaking. And there was there was these rules and there was a monster and there was sacrifice. Yep. And at the end, I was just like, that's that was that was definitely a story of love, but it was so heartbreaking. And yep. I can't I can't believe it. And she said, Well, no, dear, in Varushka, we have to make choices. And a mother in the winter may have to choose to allow one child to perish so that the rest may strive. And yep. I have never forgotten this conversation with this woman since then. I've just been like, oh, it was just so heavy. And it, yeah. <laughs> it all falls back to the hard choice again, you know, and, and that's what it is. The Vrishka is a people of hard choices. Some may not make them, some may take the easy way out, but the majority will find will. Like it's it's we also don't suffer fools lightly, not to be confused with the fool, uh, even though they, they can do one as well, but that's uh, personal. Um, but like, uh, as a uh, the foolish that come around, we, we don't suffer them lightly because of the fact that a foolish man might, or a foolish woman or a foolish citizen might end up get, being the end to your veil. Like they may go out right. and they may get way over their head and bring something way worse back. So it's, it's we don't suffer the fools lightly. Um, only a fool trusts a fool. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was uh, i definitely got that impression yeah play, play tr trying to lean into my um uh well what at that time wannabe noble uh knight errant who has had a very easy life <laughs> and, and bouncing into the rush content uh, with my head full of flowers being hello and <laughs> yeah i definitely got a vibe of uh okay yeah obviously obviously come in but yeah you know t tell us tell us what you want <laughs> tell us who, who you are and why you want to know this information i mean my character belikov is still trying to understand glory um when, when we took ostium the other generals were like you should learn about glory because so i was general of the golden axe when we took it and i've got ozel who i call a little cousin because obviously Jeff is much, much taller yeah. than me. And um, they're all trying to teach me about glory, and I'm just sitting there going, is it not basically courage? Is, is that not it? Is, it? is it not loyalty? Like, I'm trying to pin it to virtue, and I'm just not understanding it. I'm not understanding the whole thing. Even though Pixie very much does understand the whole glory purpose, yeah. Belikov does not. He still has not got his head around it, uh, no matter how many Dornish <laughs> nobles, UFO, <laughs> troubadours tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Just like seems a bit foolish, but that's, each the right. It's the cool part of the game, though, isn't it? It, it? it gives you those little things to kind of cling on to. For like us, it was like, yeah, like true love, having our idea of true love, and having having all these different concepts. Literally, just a simple thing about going, oh yeah, go, go and ask all the nations about true love and ask for a story. That's all we had to do. But it was amazing. Yeah, the different what, what all all the different ways they all the different nations saw it. Uh, yeah. Was fascinating that the the player like the player meta the players like had had clung up like the the brass coast with their contracts you know it was just like and, <laughs> and being able to pl play that to be like because I was similar to yourself Pixie I was just like I was like well this for, for my character that doesn't make any sense like so try like being like I don't what a contract you know what what you know why would you not do it if you didn't want to you know if, if if there wasn't any love involved oh well and it's just a concept that I just couldn't get my head around in character. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I mean, for my character background, I have quite a grim story to do with a backstory to do with love, but like that's definitely a story I'd say for the field. Um, but yeah, it's it's for, for me, I live uh, like Belikov lives and dies by the hard choice, no matter what he's done when he's been a general, when he's been a senator, when he's been a priest, even just being out in the field with the heroes of anvil it's it's always about the hard choice yeah. and and I, I like to see that reflected sometimes like a lot of people will talk about imperial positions like how they make such impact on the game they can be an avenue to that however i would also counter the Dubtag raid for instance one of the first major raids of its time on the salt islands on the grendel and it was all done by people with with fleets and with military units and you know and now we're seeing that more as a common thing but some people are making in some to his mind the hard choice of i'm not going to send my unit to support an army this season i'm going to send them on possibly one of the most suicidal missions i can send them on but it became a resounding success and created massive impact in the game. Another one I can think of is the Liberty Pact. Uh-huh. You know, that was created by players basically without positions and they're ending slavery. <laughs> but they're not just ending slavery on, on, on a small scale. They're, they're, they're getting foreign nations to do it. And even the fool have, have like started releasing slaves. So it's, it shows the impacts and choices and the role play can be made on no matter what scale in the game you are you just need to apply yourself yeah absolutely everyone and anyone can impact the game in whatever way they want to um like you (laughs) said there like no matter um if you are like really new or you've been there for a long time or you've got a high up position or you've got no position you can like make that impact which is just so so incredible to like hear how these things happen because like what you just said there with the the end end in slavery i didn't realize that was kind of how that actually came about either so i was like oh that's amazing like that's actually just done by people making it happen it it was a group of players talking in a tent thinking this could be a good idea and then they them using the avenues such as senators to get it brought up in senate uh priests to raise it in the synod um one of my friends who plays Eska Crowspeaker, one of the founders of the Liberty Pact, yeah. um, she didn't hold any form of position at the time. She just believed in it so much. And then they used the ambassadors to talk because like normally they can't go and meet with these foreign dignitaries, but they're wheeling and dealing and getting onto these meetings. You know, um, it's the same as when PD do their plot town encounters. I, I kept getting handed them in my pack and I would just give them out to new players because I'm just like, A, busy man, B, you're new. Like, go have some fun. Go go do something really cool in this tent encounter. And after all these years, last event, I finally did one myself. Yeah, what, so we had, what was uh, that like? Oh, it was amazing. Uh, so we had, for a bit of background context, one of the archetypes we have is what's called a wise one. Uh, normally, traditionally, what they do is they elect our senators, but their role is is to advise boyers and advise those of their veil the wisest choices to make. They can't walk that path for you, but they can nudge you yeah. possibly in the right way if you want to go. Yeah. We had a wise one, and it, it, it was possibly the most Varushkin encounter uh, I, I've ever, ever encouraged. And it beautifully written plot. It was beautifully set out. And she's coming talking about how her boyer is, is he's stuck it. Like he needs somebody, heroes to come and help travel with her, to come reason with him didn't get very much of a brief from her mm-hmm. all we knew was he need, he had lots of food 
Like their, their veil had been very prosperous with food, but he had no wood. So without wood, they can't light their fires. So they will not survive the winter. So, and there was okay. a fool there. There, there was <laughs> some other bits there, but we'll get to that point. So some of us gathered around, some newer players, and myself and another boy went, and we went with the mindset of, oh, we'll just bully him into the right choice. <laughs> this is how it's going to work. And we, we've trekked through, we've gone to the Sentinel Gate, the, the, the big arch, and we've gone through and timed out, and they've taken us around the side of Monster, and we went into this big, big tent, and inside was a full marketplace, like stalls with, and this, this is the thing that blew my mind, it was actually real food. It wasn't wax food. It was real food. What? And they're selling us stuff. But it's not just the sights you're seeing in this tent. And you actually feel like you're in a veil. Like they put this wooden background like up on, on the back. And then they had this little sub room. And like they had like a little waiting room on like one side of the market. Um, and But you got like the sense of smell. You got the sense of like sight. And you got hearing. So like everything's there. And then we find out that this boyer is scared to make the right choice for his people. And the choice that he's facing is a fool who will offer him all the wood he wants in exchange for just food. A mora, uh, which is as I described a particularly nasty wolf, okay. saying it will give him all the wood he wants as long as he permanently takes down the wards, which is not <laughs> a no-no, yeah. No. And then there was uh, a cultist of Wendigo uh, who was offering to basically use children as firewood. Uh, <laughs> from what I can get from it. And we found out there was a cultist of Wendigo going, mm, they're not allowed here. Full stop. Get rid of him. Get like, out. honestly, get rid of him. Like, so he dismissed that. And then, like, the Mora, and we, we literally had to convince this boy because this boy was so prejudiced against the fool because of the connection that they had. And us trying to describe to him, look, we have to sometimes make this hard choice. We sometimes have to ally with those that we don't want to ally with. And I was using examples of Ostium and like how the, if it wasn't for the fool, uh, like we may not have been as successful, you know, yeah. in, in taking it. Like they took a, a part of the territory whilst myself and the Dornish just stormed across the rest of it. Mm -hmm. But if it wasn't like with their 5,000 troops, we might not have got it. And it, and then it was this, and then there was the Mora, and, and and we was looking at him going, what are you doing? If you take down your wards, your veil will not survive, because you anything can come through, absolutely anything. Your people will not survive. It's better to deal, make a deal with the, the devil you know than the devil you don't. So get rid of the Mora. And, you know, this boy just looked at like it. it Whoever played him, it was just amazing. Like his top-notch role-play skills. Like he was clearly a long-term laugher, but yeah. it, it was it was a bit at the end, which I'll get into, which really it, I, I kind of walked away going, "Oh my god, that was just brilliant. It was perfect." But like he looked at the Mora and he was like, "You heard him. Go, just go." And I was like, "Before he goes, offer him some food, please." Like before you give a Wendigo cultist, don't care about, has no power here. But before before that Mora goes, offering some food, otherwise those that go out the wards could be at risk. So he offered them some food and sent the Mora on his way. Now he was sitting, he, he then just went to his wife and you make the decision. I don't want it, right? And so it was it was almost like a spoiled child yeah. who was put in a position of power. He he loves the shiny baubles, but he doesn't know how to handle it. And he went out back. And it was my friend Jason, who plays a boyer, and myself. 
and like all the other Varushkins are back there and like and they can hear everything because as we all know canvas is indeed not soundproof it's definitely not soundproof it's really though, not <laughs> and fence panels are also subjected to that rule. They are also not soundproof, and that's what what's afraid. And we found him, and he was in floods of tears. I don't know how he did it. I know how I do it. I think of like one of the most saddest things I can like yeah. cry on command, you know. Uh-huh. But like I, I don't know whatever power he had, but he was full floods of tears. And it got to the point where <laughs> Jason looked at me and went, "We're not making any progress," but I could read his thoughts, and I was like. Okay, you're right. So let's let's bully a boyer. Uh, and I just sat down. I looked him dead in the eyes. And I went, you need to boyer up. You need to lead your people. You have a responsibility. Stop passing the buck to your wise man. It's your job. Do it. Make the hard choice. Make sure your people can survive. Go out there and lead. Because if those people think you cannot lead them, you won't be boyer for much longer. And then who knows what accidents will happen on the road? Because accidents happen on the road all the time. Mm. Who knows what will befell you? Now go out and be a strong leader that you can be. I will come back after the winter and we will revisit this conversation. And he went out and he, he made, and we left them talking to the fool, making this deal for wooden food. And we left. And all of us, like there was about six of us, we came back through that central gate. And like we looked at the hospital, and went, yeah, we survived, it's fine. Yeah. You know, because we didn't even know if we were going to be walking into a death trap. That was the main reason I went to protect all of them lot. Mm. And yeah. we're, <laughs> like it was just, I've got an axe, I've got my armor, I've got enough kits. Like let, let's, you know, there's just a single winter skin tonic, and we'll go. You know, and we walked back out, and we just felt so victorious because we know we left that situation and made somebody realize the betterment for their people. Yeah. But like the initial bit of it all was done by brand new players. Cannot stress that enough. You know, me and Jason were just sitting there guiding and just putting little prompts in and like leaning over going, that cut that cult is a Wendigo really shouldn't be here. <laughs> and if he stays here, I might kill him. Because <laughs> technically we shouldn't, it's illegal to give him hospitality. So I might kill him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's that, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, like, I mean, oh yeah, I was getting ch- chills just kind of hearing about that. Like those, yeah. those encounters. So we that's like the third story we've had from one of those encounters. All of them have been amazing. However, like I didn't even know they existed. Like it, like after it, until we started speaking to people. Uh, yeah. I, it, so it's amazing to me that and just hearing like your story there about how much effort they put in to a like a, a Borishkin oh. focused encounter for a small amount of players is amazing because they... we we know they, they they reuse the set pieces that they set up um so for instance the same market we went to was reused for an eternal market mm-hmm. it's basically yeah. if an npc comes up to you you're not a proper character and says come through the sentinel gate with me sometimes just accept and go because yeah. you never know you might have like the best encounter in the world you yeah. know and um, they're not normally like this one wasn't scripted. It wasn't in the winds of fortune. It wasn't put in somebody's player pack. You know, it was just an NPC walking into our camp oh, is who that? Oh. was Marushkin, but none of us knew him. Oh, oh, right. So it wasn't even it, it wasn't even prompted like through a player pack or anything. Oh my no, god. No, it was a wise one who came asking for help. They literally walked into the camp uh, just after we did the welcome at six o'clock, mm-hmm. explained the story, and loads of us were like, how many can go? How many can go? How many can go? We'll take some new people. We'll take some experienced people. And we'll go there just for prompts. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going just in case. 
it all goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so we can try and get out. That um, sounds incredible. But, like I had no idea like somebody literally just an NPC literally just came over and was just like, yeah. yes, come to the gate with me. You know, that's I didn't even I again I knew that they could come in the player parks. I had no idea that could happen until now though. <laughs> it does happen. It, it's just like if you're in your nation, it's key lit. I like to think it's key to know anybody any anyway, like everybody at least. So one of my philosophies uh, stems from one of my friends, Dudget, uh, who's sadly no longer with us. He was actually the first ever Wintermark Egregore. Um, and a lesson he taught me, he taught me a few good lessons. Uh, he was the most bardiest bard you'll ever meet. But spend five minutes with everybody. Uh, tell other people's stories, never sing your own stories. And like that's something I live by um, like yeah. as a LARPer because it's raising people up with you, not raising above them. Now you can get characters that are like, no, screw you. I'm going to just take all the power. And that's fine. <laughs> but like as a LARPer, I, I like to enable everything around me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like to put a more silly spin on it. Um, Rosa, who plays my niece uh, in game, uh, who's the current center of Ossium, she was getting courted uh, by our friend Charlie, and she's the preceptor. So her job, their job is to um, organize the, all the priests in the National mm-hmm. Assembly, make sure everybody goes, because we're very big on voting on primacy with our motion so we get all of our priests to go down vote on that one motion and we get it closed there and then like it's a big and clever way then you you haven't got motions risking of failing because you've already got the primacy vote you've got the majority of your national assembly going Mm -hmm. we agree with that so what we do is we we have something called primacy club uh dracoff will normally take a big old cake put it on the end and we have like four or five motions all the priests in a row and we'll just keep recycling they're all voting on the each motion and we're closing them as we're going um now i never envied charlie for their job because you know it's trying to herd cats really isn't it like trying to grab all these people <laughs> like they really want to do the priest game you're like ah well you need to come to national you know like mm. these are big things for our nation they were courting um and they told me and the first thing i said is what is your intentions with my niece and in that classic russian accent yeah. and uh <laughs> And I have had my balls busted as a priest before I gave up my congregation um, and became a preacher. I, I, I've had my balls busted over and over and over again. And they were hiding behind their boyer. And I'm like, let's talk a dowry. What are you paying for my niece's hand in marriage? And it got to the point that they're trying to literally crawl away by the half fire, <laughs> crawl out the back oh tent. Um, everybody's in stitches. Mm. And, it, and it was a nice little bit of role play between me and Charlie. Mm-hmm. But everybody got involved. And it yeah. was the epic moment from the other Eva when, she, when they went, who told Belikov? And I was like, you, you told me <laughs> that this was a thing. You told me. Not anybody else. Yeah. You did. <laughs> So yeah. what is your intentions with my niece? And it, it just became a good fun. Like there's a game I play with Orzel mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because Orzel used to be Verushkin before they jumped yeah. over the door. Right, yeah. uh-huh. And they've got a game based on an old Monty Python game. Okay. Um, where it's an old Monty Python scene. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, essentially, uh, uh, or back in my day, right? So it's, so so the game, it's, it's the free, it's the free auction, right? So, mm-hmm. but what it is, it's, it's, uh, in my veil and it's, it's how much you can one up somebody else. And 
they taught it to a few of us and we just made it large in the nation back home and i've got some going it's so nice to walk around barushka and all we're hearing well in my veil the walls walls are so big they'll crush your house (laughs) (laughs) crush your house rubbish in my veil it's just it's just such it's silly grim humor you know yeah even down some of the songs um i remember one battlefield we came off we lost quite a few Mm -hmm. and uh there's uh, we I'm proud to say we've got a lot of talented musicians in Barushka. Yeah. A lot of talented musicians. And um, Hearn pulled out her uh, big squeeze box and played one of the most somber songs ever. And I'm sitting there going, at this point, I was cursed and I couldn't feel emotion unless I, like, I, I wasn't able to feel happiness unless oh, other no. people were in sad or pain around me. Oh. So I can't role play being sad because this is legit making me sad. Mm. But. I'm really happy at this. Uh, so great. Like keep, keep this up because everybody else is crying. Everybody else is sad and I'm feeling great joy from it, but it's just little moments like that. It's little yeah. moments. That I yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a, it's, it's, it's not a single player game, is it? You know, it's the, the, the more, the, the, the more people that actually, uh, um, you know, do the thing the easier it is for everyone to love. Like you were saying... 100% sharing the button. Exactly. So like you were saying about new players, if everyone else... Like you don't feel... You don't feel silly if everyone else is is, is doing it. And the more everyone yeah. else does it, the easier it is for every, everybody to love. So. I, I also feel like... Because Empire is such a large game. Mm-hmm. It, like it's insanely big when when you think about the terms of people especially last year uh and and, and the boom post uh the longest long dark you know um and every you know everybody's coming back and they're a bit rusty on it but then you've just got so many people that have come and, that, and that's not something to be daunted to about because i like to encourage especially from my own mentality of we were all that lost child once, Mm -hmm. you know, we were all the, I don't know what's going on. I don't quite know what's what what to do, you know? So it's just nice just to talk to people and go, you like one of my key tactics when I hit the field, because when I played a priest of the way, I deliberately go back and like some laughers will see this as a sin, but I don't really care. Uh, I would deliberately go up and ask people their backstory. Because Empire is the one game where you can just feed off it so much. Mm-hmm. And because I've now taken an interest in you, we're now friends. Yeah. So my network has expanded. Yeah. So yeah. now I know a guy who knows a guy who could rob a guy if I need that guy robbed or murder a guy if I need that guy murdered or come and help me on the fight or come, oh, I, I now need this resource to help out a really important project. Well, I now know a guy who can do that or at least can sell me a prosperous price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't have to always rely on those keys keystones that you get accustomed to yeah you you minimize that that i don't know like like, i suppose competitive nature that isn't really supposed to be there in the game like for example if you have you know if you're going on a skirmish a lot of people will complain about this they're like oh yeah we we try we're trying to go on the skirmish and then these random these random navari show up and and it was a bit awkward and, and they didn't know the plan it's just like well, you know what's easier if you go and make friends with a ton of Navari stridings and when they show up, yep. you're like, oh, hey, it's you. Heck, here's the plan. Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's, I've, I've had more moments on the battlefield where I have been picked up from either near death or serious injury uh, from somebody who wasn't from Rushka. Mm-hmm. And then I've deliberately gone out and sought them 
afterwards normally to go graffiti on their soul because you know testimonies are fun it makes people feel nice and clever and it's only how to do two words and you get to do like this whole big spiel in your role play and make them feel important they've just got a cool name yeah you know so, so on their soul that they yeah. can take from the labyrinth so, all right so yeah so so mechanically how does that work so you so the testimony skill uh is a priest skill mm-hmm. uh course one liao Uh, You can put up to two words onto somebody's soul. So if they then have an insight done on them, which is another priest skill, that that will be one of the first things that will show. It's quite fun trying to construct sentences on people's souls. Um, And then that will be carried through to them when they go through on the labyrinth. So on the next run, you know, like it just keeps going and going and going and going. And it's, for me, I find it's more of a role play enabling skill than anything because, oh, you're a very bad person, but I'm going to put something to mark why you are because you, you're, you're, a, you're a nation betrayer, you know, or uh, you are the wolf eater. So I will put that on your soul. And it just mm-hmm. makes people feel special. You know, you grab a ref, they, they get their little iPad out and then they'll put that on the account. So when you go on your account, then you'll see that that's on your soul. It's <laughs> like, on your soul. <laughs> but testimonies aren't consensual we'll say that so you can yeah. literally just walk up behind people and just write on their soul and then just walk away what? and somebody needs yeah. <laughs> 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 testimonies um but to then get it removed you you then need to find somebody who's who's got the testimony skill normally a way priest is the best way to go because unlike other skills like uh consecrate consecrations or um auras a way priest can't make them, but they can take them away. Right. And I've had so much fun when, uh, ironically, one of the Crimson Reapers, <laughs> who I know you've had on recently, yeah. <laughs> uh, this was actually their old Prince Drogon, uh-huh. had to fulfill uh, a dead reckoning. Uh-huh. And they, the group that they were going to go do it on had, some, had essentially their tent hallowed royalty and he was like you're a way priest you can remove that right we'll pay you coin like, you don't need to pay me coin you can give me the liao for it um and a prosperous donation is, is always welcome and we walked in and uh, they're all celebrating and they got this really cool thing on their tent and i was walked in with a ref and i was like no no you don't <laughs> and he just walked out <laughs> Like, I was already doing I was essentially already doing my vocals as I was walking into their tent like you just point in I've been flanked by about four of them and I just walked in and went no <laughs> the, the big lammy got taken down by the ref and then suddenly he's giving them the brief of oh yeah you no longer feel courageous you no longer feel courageous why because that hooded Neoduel just walked in and possibly did something like were you listening <laughs> oh, that. I'm just picturing that I'm all like parrying away you just walking in and being like nope well, to my character is there was a deal that was broken because that's fundamentally what a dead reckoning's from. Mm-hmm. And again, breaking deals to a Vrushkin is very bad. So of course I'm going to help my fellow citizens out because I'm an imperial, I'm an imperialist as well as a nationalist. I'm, I'm there for like the greater good and all of that. Yeah, they wronged my friends. I'm yeah. going to help my friends. <laughs> not illegal. I'm not going to get pulled up in front of a magistrate for it. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to get inquisited for it. <laughs> Yeah, what what are they like? The crimson, the crimson reapers. Oh man, good eggs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, you. Uh, how long have you been? You sounds like you've been playing the same character for like a long time. Yeah, I've been normal, uh, which is slightly long ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually, honestly, I've lost count. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I went in into like an eager-eyed priest, thinking, "Oh my God, it'd be a chance." Like, uh, what was the position? It was position away. I think it was chancellor. I didn't want to be a cardinal. Okay. I wanted to be the guy that essentially worked for the cardinal. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. And like, be be the dog's body. And then like, I did. I didn't even go to the like get myself elected or anything. Mm-hmm. And then like, uh, my friend who was playing my brother became general, and I became adjutant. And then I became general and then like that just then I became senator and you know like it just rolled on through but like last year I got the honor of doing a surprise on my entire nation mm-hmm. um because I, I I wasn't at event one or event two because mm-hmm. it clashed with other LARPs that I was at okay uh LARPs that I ref at so it was like a priority thing and um my friend Rosa was actually the only one who knew the only one who knew um and <laughs> I paid non-negate price ticket on the Saturday. So I wasn't even there on the Friday yet because I missed, because I hadn't seen most of these nerds since before COVID. COVID yeah. So, yeah. and there, there, there are a lot of people in Burishka and across the field that I love as people and I really missed. And it, cause it was so close to my house, you know, and Rosa helped me essentially financially get there. And it, it, it was nice to, and I walked, so my wife dropped me off at you know the very front gate. Oh, the very, very where the cattle grids. Oh, the very, very front gate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I turned up uh, on site in kit at E2 on Saturday morning before 10 o'clock, knowing all I have to do is go to God. Mm-hmm. Now I've got no tent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally got a bedroll rolled up on my back. First time I've ever been to an event in kit. <laughs> <laughs> normally I arrive at set up a tent and like you know and I was like now nah, wing it like it'll yeah. be fine I know plenty of people there'll probably be some tent space crash it'll be fine <laughs> ended up sleeping in a rocking chair for most of the night uh <laughs> Saturday night and um I walked all the way down the road I had quite a cathartic moment at about nine o'clock in the morning so mm. it was before timing yeah and there's sheep everywhere. Stopped, fussed a little lamb. That was fun. You have to. Like they, they, they were across the road, and like mm. I just put my hand down the little lamb game, and I gave a little lamb fuss. And uh, I've got some money for food. I've got my ice. Uh, like uh, I know I'd get my ice money. So if I need any food or, or alcohol or any like yeah. tea or coffee, I could purchase that all icy. Um, and my eighteen rings will probably do me yeah. quite easily for essentially a night. Yeah. And I walked all the way down OC and I'm like ducking down, like trying to keep myself away from the hedge. So no marchers, no league, and nobody in Varushka see me. And I walk all the way down the OC campsite. Now, for those who have never been to Empire, we are talking now near, I would easily say about two to three miles. Oh, yeah, easily. Easily. Easily that road from front Mm. gate all the way up. Yeah. Yeah. So I get to the end road. I pitch right and I get all the way down into God. Nobody seen me. And two people in front of me is my friend Gems, uh, who plays in the. She used to play my daughter at one point, uh-huh, uh, but yeah. she now play runs a tea a, like a bubble tea room in mm-hmm. in, in the Brass Coast. Mm-hmm. And I just went, Gems, 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 and she turned around to him. What the you doing here I was like, <laughs> shut up don't tell anybody i've got to pay yet so i paid my ticket mm-hmm. uh, and i got a walk in at timing like up the little avenue yeah. uh, between the tents 
and every like it literally everybody just went oh my god <laughs> like i didn't know the two events the stories rose has been talking about and selling me as a war hero and like, rosa runs jumps off me a spinner around and like you know it's like a nice ic family reunion and like it was just generally nice because i thought empire moves quite quickly it does yeah you know, like the game well can move quite quickly and i thought oh even two events or like you know e1 and e2 and I'm only coming in halfway through E3. Maybe people have forgotten about me. You know, like I've, I haven't been any of the title races. I haven't done any big, clever political things. Maybe I've fallen across. And I actually found it was further than that from the truth, including in other nations. Like the the reaction I got when I walked into Orzel's tent. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the, the Zoran pulls out fizzy apples, you know, and we're sitting and we're drinking and we're talking. And I got to spend Saturday night generally catching up on people i hadn't seen in so long and i think it was a little bit past the character and more the fizz reps but it was also very much lots of nice character reunions i was walking into places and people still remembered me so i was like i must have had some form of impact then like it it was was, quite humbling yeah really humbling yeah i mean it was quite it was quite incredible i mean one thing we've spoken about a lot is that that um that moment where it was our, like our first ever our first ever time in first ever lap and we were quite surprised that like everyone kicked off all they were all doing things and like robin and myself kind of looked at each other and like i thought these people hadn't done this in two years you know and that it's everything's <laughs> yeah. going uh one thing we never talked about though is actually like those magical moments when we drove in for the first time robin oh. right like even yes. after the thing and we're like we're queued up uh, we've never been here before um and there's a queue to get in and people are like getting out of their cars to like run yeah. and run and like run, run and hug run. people oh, yeah, we, we have so and... many like embraces like that just people running and screaming and hugging i saw people crying and i was just like yeah. oh my gosh this is absolutely incredible and we're not even time in yet this is just no. everybody this is such a lovely and i mean something you you said pixie at the start you said about the um the fact that the, the LARP is your, this is your like family, your LARP family. And honestly, yeah. like that feeling after being just to the first event onwards, I mean, I'm just like, I can't wait to see all my family again soon because it does and, and feel like it. that. You know, like I have people as far as uh, in, in like the Netherlands, you know, um, yeah. I have people in Scotland, in the States now, We'll try and see each other during the long dark, but like I, I don't really do player events because uh, due to the nature of my work, I can't take time off for what we call the peak season, which is normally November and December and January. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, because due, again, due to the nature of my work and, and being a manager, I, I, I literally I can't. We're as a company, we're not allowed to take holiday, mm-hmm. so and that's when a lot of the player events happen. Um, but I've got some of my closest friends are like down in South End, you know, and we've had them up recently. I've got a lot of my close friends and family in Liverpool, a lot of the big base in Birmingham, you know, and, and we still try and meet up, but it's, I can go months upon months upon months upon months with only talking to them over a phone or over a computer. And then as soon as I see them, it's like nothing's changed. It's like, um, there's a little lad named Jack. He's just turned 17. Oh. Uh, 16, sorry. So it's it's going to be 17 this year, I believe. Um, but I held him in a swaddle blanket at six months old in his first lap. 
and I've got to watch him grow up, you know. And uh, I had the same luxury again at Beyond Ragnarok recently with um, two of my players who have just had a baby and they brought them to LOP. So it's, it's, you get to see new generations, you know, but like, because he's all the way down, like, for instance, with Jack, he's all the way down in Cornwall. Yeah. So I don't get to see him very often because it's so far away. We'll still talk nearly every other day. Um, and he's like my little brother, you know, and as soon as I see him in the field, it's, it's, it's like, we've never been separated. I just keep getting surprised that he keeps getting taller and taller and now he's taller. Than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, where, where is, where is the little young lad who, who was no you? taller than my knee? <laughs> and now you're taller than me and you most definitely can have my old ass in the sword fight. You know, it's, it's like that, but then it's the same with any of anybody else. There's some people I've known. And I can't spam it. I've known since 96, you know, they've watched me grow up mm-hmm. and it's nice. Like, uh, so I had, I, when I got married last year, it won the CP events, a little bit of a tangent. I actually had my stag part, a stag weekend at a lot. Oh, and, nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It was a Friday night. We're all icy. And, uh, my friend Stu brought a bottle of Maker's Mark whiskey. And I can tell you at LARP, you can empty that 75 centiliter litre bottle in under 15 minutes yeah. um, by walking around going whiskey, whiskey, yeah. whiskey. Yeah. But one of the three people I got to offer whiskey to are now like in their like 50s and 60s and, and, and they've watched me grow up, you know, and now they're toasting with me mm-hmm. on my stag night when before I'm due to get married, you know. So it's, it's, it's now I get now it's my turn to get that surreal feeling you know yeah. so it's, it's it's and that's the joys of the hobby like you'll yeah. find that you'll make you'll learn more from people in that field through four weekends a year because you're seeing them display parts of their personality in their characters that they don't get normally to describe it's like the old song yeah. sue uh saying you know you can eat with a man uh every night for four years until you hold him over the volcano you won't truly know who he is and yeah. it, it, it's i find the same with love i've learned more about people because they are so much more open and then what they would do in their professional lives what they would do in their home lives because they are embracing that escapism and they're playing the horrid parts of their personality like you know um yeah well, or they're playing parts. the really overt nice part or just molding it all as one and you know in there's that sense of freedom, especially a lot. Like it's it's creative freedom. You know, you can express yourself essentially how you want, as long as you're within the spirit of the game and the rule system. But you also can do things you wouldn't normally do. You can be that mighty hero taking the field, you know, slaying hundreds of orcs and feel that win. Or you can be the humblest person just to selling cakes because normally you're quite introverted and you don't deal with people. Mm. That's the you know, thing. It's not therapy, but it's experimentation. Yeah, it's the emotional range as well. I mean, if you in your your your, your real real life um, mm. have to be very much in control during the day or in charge, you're able to be vulnerable at LARP. You're able to explore that, yeah. and the opposite as yeah. well. If you're like you know on the very bottom and you're having to take orders from people, you can go to these weekends every year and you can be in charge and you can give out orders yeah. and you can just like you said it's escapism you can escape Vrishka, Vrishka taught me how to be a good storyteller um i've always loved telling stories but it, it really brought that out just sitting around a big half fire with a load of people and you look at them and go comedy or tragedy 
or a story with a moral you pick and then even if it's just stories you make up on the fly those people don't know because they're just so engrossed by what you're doing but it also for me personally because it's again the raising everybody up with you i have learned i see with varushka the hard way you know, I have learned from my own mistakes as a character through rivalries that I've had. Like, uh, again, I mentioned Phil earlier. He he has been one of my biggest mentors in the nation because there was a time where we had a big disagreement over a massive mithril payment uh, to upgrade an armory. So it's like a, a lot of mithril. We're, we are talking thousands of mithril, not not just the normal. Yeah, right. So it's, it's a lot of mithril and a lot of crowds and a lot of thrones. And he's then trying to fund that. To, to, to make the army be large or do a cool thing. But now you see us, I got accused of being of a lobby, and he was one of the people that helped get my name cleared. Because it's it's I'm not the same. I like to think Belikov's not the same person when he first came to Anvil. He's not as rash. He's, mainly because he's grown up. He's learned from responsibility. He's learned from... And now he's a boy. He, 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 he wants to not just do everything for his veil, but he wants to make it better for all the veils and not just all the veils and nations, but the entire empire, mm. you know, and, and, and all of those lessons had to be learned in game. But the one thing I'm internally thankful is that it taught me how to public speak because normally like as, as a performer, like oh, you give me a guitar and I'm fine on stage, but you put me something in the Senate and it's like a whole different league where, where the one little bit, can undo you completely but that's the same as any storytelling but because i've had such good mentors because i've had such good opportunities because i've been surrounded by what i like to think is is, is the best you know like everybody's going to be biased their nation yeah. Rushka is number one nobody's ever going to change me yeah, that sure. even if i went off to the league or if i went <laughs> off to dawn you know Rushka would still always be the best to me because it's for me, it's my half away from half, you know, it's my half and home. I know I can go there. I know like on a Thursday night, I can sit around that fire. I can sit around with six people, none of us under normally under like 35. Uh, <laughs> we're all reminiscing on what LARP used to be like in the early noughties <laughs> and the 90s. Uh, they're like going, oh, it was like this back in our day, you know, and, and this... But at the same time, we can just all sit there as friends, as family, and, you know, and drink. And that, that I think, one of the biggest things for Varushka especially is because family is such a big dynamic. And, like, the same as, like, children. Children are, like, held as the highest because they are our future. Like, they they literally are our future, you know. But families are tied into their loyalty together but then you you could strike up a loyalty with another veil through marriage and like your family just gets bigger yeah there tends to be a general like even though all families argue all families fall out there is one vibe which i think is really unique to rushka and that is the entire nation is a family mm. and, and i don't and, and i think i like to think it gets projected yeah. out and in when people visit it's just like oh well i i don't think it helps because we refer to each other as cousin all the time uh or aunt that's one thing i found <laughs> like, oh my cousin i was like wow how big is this family <laughs> yeah, it, it's because we are again we are all one family it also helps if you don't have to remember a thousand names you know what i mean you can just go oh well, my cousin over there uh, <laughs> just grab the person <laughs> but like it's, it's, it's also like auntie or, or mother you know you might find these family figures they might not actually be your family 
how we all call both our egregores grandmother mm-hmm. you know and it, and it is you got you got sega the wise one grandmother you go yes that's her the, the wolf grandmother you know and like do you'll get cool stories from them and like they do their job perfectly of enabling game like one of my favorite tans tans moments is when 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 she was explaining how egregores work and it's like imagine this imagine the spirit of your nation wearing somebody as a sock now the problem is with me i couldn't even get a sock that worked to wear <laughs> so she made her own joke about her own body and i but then like she'll come out with stuff like uh, we were talking about an egregore wedding service and and she was like, oh, well, you know, you, you need to take a plague wolf to a wedding. Every wedding needs a plague wolf just for the evening guests. It keeps them entertained. <laughs> what? <laughs> or I like the children. They're like little maggots. You know, it's just yeah. fun stuff like that. And it's, it's really playing to the brief. Now, I, I, I know a lot of the egregores across the field, and we are very lucky with ours. Mm-hmm. Um, ours I, I will sell them again because both Taz and just so amazing people yeah. uh, both on the IC side and the OCs like I because of uh, my mental health condition which I'm quite open about is and I have bipolar disorder I, 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 my emotions are like this anyway mm-hmm. yeah um, and I had a massive dip and I has taught me a side to a 10 and she just went this is my egregore hat on now are you okay mm-hmm. and I it, it was just three minutes of one line of dialogue and me explaining why I, i'm upset and i'm just going to channel this into role play you know luckily i play a changing so thanks Alanaris. yeah um so you know <laughs> we get to be summer storms exactly. and like i wasn't always a changeling yeah you know but like it, it, it's it's nice it's a nice output you know and it's nice that sometimes that i don't have to be that uber grim character and you know i now get people coming asking me for advice which is which is really nice it's a nice progression mm-hmm. in it and it's just like everybody kind of wants to help everybody else but they also got their own game and but at the end of the day the nation is sacred yeah and like those around the hearth are sacred and those that abide by the hearth and its rules are sacred so it's it, it, it comes to a sense of loyalty that you don't know you're loyal to that person until that moment hits and you see them drop down on the field and suddenly there's like six barbarians in front of you and you're running in and just impaling everything just to grab them and pull them back yeah so they can be healed but you normally you might say three or four lines to them three or four words throughout yeah. an entire day yeah but, you know, but moments like that can just drive you yeah and, and it's i guess it's like the intenseness of just the game it's all all this stuff going on in a concentrated thing because yeah, I, yeah, I'm just just having the wheels wheels turning. So I, I remember going, like saying to Robin when we, I think it was after we left E2 or when we did our like just recap podcast on E2, and we mm. were like, it was crazy. We, we've only spent like you know, we spent like a weekend, one weekend there. We came back and we were like, oh, and everyone was welcoming us back, and we we're like, this, this is crazy. And then after yeah. this year, you know, we've made we've made, we made so many friends on the field, and I'm yeah. like. I'm, I'm like cumulatively we've spent like eight days with these people and i feel like yeah. i know them so well but then you, what you were saying earlier i think it's because yeah they it's not just even just us having this conversation now you know it's it's it's, yeah. a, com- it's a conversation right but in the yep. field you know you'll say things and then you're like because of the nature of the game you're forced into 
you know, we, we've got to show a range of emotion. You, you, you see these people be angry. You see them be sad. It's, it's not just conversational. You see their, their, you hear their views on things. Like you said, you're out on a battlefield and, you know, that they show you the type of person they actually are by doing something very courageous and running up yeah. and, and helping you and standing by your side yeah. and stand and go, right, no, we can do this. And that you know them way more intimately than you would yeah. if you just sat down and had a conversation, a cup of tea with them, you know, like three times in a week or something. Yeah, yeah it, it's the one thing I found new players worry about quite a lot about just getting involved and like, and they're, they're overthinking the rules instead of thinking about actually the role play itself. So thinking about, sorry, you might hear the shopping arriving downstairs. Yeah, uh, you need it. Fine. We need shopping. Um, <laughs> we need shopping. Um, but like it, it, it becomes a natural flow when you learn about yourself as a character and what you're trying to portray. So once, once you understand what you, from paper to actually what you want to do, and it's not necessarily, oh, this is what my character would do. It's like, oh, this is, this is how I should do it because like, this is, this is my character, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you find conversations, even some of the most difficult conversations and role plays from intenseness, even to like ecstatic joyness come so naturally. Again, I, I like to think of like the Orzel wedding at last event and like it was a big deal but i'm standing there and like the music was kicking off and suddenly i've got one of my friends from Moselle pulling me in and i'm dancing with them like arms dancing around you know normally my character wouldn't do that but because my friends have invited me to this wedding my 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 dornish family have invited me to my dornish cousins have invited me to this wedding this is what you do yeah you're putting me in who am I to refuse? Like, there's probably going to be a drink at the end of it, but fine. Like, let's, let's go. You know, and it's it's just nice moments like that. And I and I think yeah. it's once people get over that fear and then just like act naturally, just just do what you do in your normal world. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you're just not you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So one of the one of the uh, concerns that people like ask us about is is yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's people that want to come and who are concerned, and there's a couple of people that are critical of the system having having never been mm. and one of the biggest mm-hmm. ones is that is it cliquey is it elitist is it and i think we've pretty much covered that it isn't already in this conversation but yeah just just to highlight that that is one of the most uh common things they're, i will get asked is yeah oh yeah i don't know can be, there definitely can be a one percent um but that's natural in any lot uh but yeah. the one percent is normally ic it's never oc exclusionary you know um again it, it's a public event so your risk of the good apples to bad apples hey you get, there will be both you get four thousand people you're gonna get a few you, you know <laughs> you get a few good apples you're gonna get a few bad people yeah. but, but but the good thing is 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 you have the ability to remove yourself away yeah. and if you need the support there, there, there is definitely a team that can support you OC, you know, but like the game is big. Like it, it is why, especially I couldn't imagine going to empire for my first LARP, mm-hmm. you know, like my first LARP, there was maybe three, 400 people, you know, yeah. not three, uh, two, three thousand people. Yeah. You know? yeah. Or how big it's going to get this yeah. year. I, yeah, I, think, I think it's going to get big as well. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 100% is because it, it becomes more popular because it's that old age friend of I go home, I tell 10 of my friends. Those 10 friends come, they have a good time, and they go back and tell 10 friends. Yeah. You know, naturally, yeah. you're not always going to keep people over, but 
like the nature of the game it is a political pvp game yeah it, it very much is so you will have that you'll have nations out for their own objectives you may have senators trying to screw up over other senators you may have generals trying to screw over generals you may just have joe marcher who doesn't like you yeah. you know it's it's it, <laughs> yeah it, it is what it is it, it's it's part of the game but then you find that in the real world <laughs> well you, you, you do you do that's a good point actually yeah <laughs> mm. i mean so had, it's just yeah sorry i i so yeah i've had people like uh send me messages and things like that saying i go to this small up and empire seems overwhelming and i i, I do say to them exactly what you just said about the you the, the, the good thing about if if it's a big big lap it means you don't like if, if there's a few people you don't want to interact with you can just walk away also if you don't want to do anything but just sit outside your tent no one is going to come up to you and be like hey you should be playing some game no. you can just sit there yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there's, a, there's a lot of good policies in like the game itself to support crappy behavior mm. yeah um especially around like a kit for instance like that yeah. was a big reputation the game had mm-hmm. um and i do just don't see it you know what it is is it's, it's people it's not people being critical or bullying it's more people encouraging and enabling yeah. and that that is what what love needs and that's what Anvil needs as a whole you know if i go out and i make six people's weekends better or even one person's weekends better just for something I've done, then that's made my weekend. Yeah. You know, uh, if, if it's telling a story, if it's helping them get to somewhere they wanted to get to, even if it's walking and going, I know a guy, yeah. you know, like, or I know a citizen that can help you. I know, oh, yes, I know that citizen, follow me, you know, and it's just taking time out for yourself. And it is, again, you'll find that, the game will be way more easily it's way more accessible mm-hmm. manage expectations that's the biggest thing yeah. yeah manage your expectations of what you want on the weekend nothing is impossible and it is 100 percent player led mm-hmm. but if you manage your expectations you won't be disappointed no you know and then just don't be the other thing is unlike other games is because it's such a player-led game it's not all going to come to you the story arcs and stuff they they might be there but unless you go and start pulling out that little thread, unless you go off to another camp or another nation and start causing trouble or causing joy, you know, it's just, it, it's it, the, the reactions from it will just create more gain. Yeah. And it's amazing. And like with the bad apples, for instance, there are hundreds of tents in, Emp- in Anvil, hundreds yeah. of tents. <laughs> yeah. You don't always have to be in the same tent. <laughs> No, you can yeah. you can leave. Yeah, exactly. You can. Yeah, you can nothing stopping you from walking away. Yeah, and there's there's always a good excuse as well. In a big lap, there's always a good excuse because people don't know. So if you want to walk away from a group of people, you're just like, oh, I've got a meeting, or I've got, I'm, I need to go to, I'm going on the skirmish, and you can just, it's so easy to, to distance. Or if it's in the same situation, and it's in your tent. There's nothing asking you, nothing stopping you from asking somebody to leave. Yeah, exactly. And you can do that. I see in a thousand different ways. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can either remove yourself or I'll get the axe and the militia will get involved and then I'm paying an assault charge because I'm not going to kill you, but I'm going to probably take your leg. You know, it, it's through, <laughs> could you just please leave? Yeah. You know, I want to talk to my my group and you're not in our group. You know, and it's not <laughs> like that. Like there, there, are, there is a thousand ways to diffuse the situation, there is. be it good or good or bad. Like yeah. it just depends on your approach yeah. and then just react to it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why, like, again, why I love Varushka because we've got, we'll give you the road. 
Yeah. Give me some yeah. bread. We'll give you some water. Off you go. Is, is that? <laughs> I mean, go on, sorry. Go on, Robin. No, I was just going to say, like, um, like we're saying here, obviously, with such a big system, is that no matter what happens, and if you do ever end up in any of these uncomfortable situations, like, like, like you're saying, you you can remove yourself, you can remove that person. But then going forward after that point, it's so easy to avoid them because there's so many things going on. There's so many storylines. And if the unlikely thing happened that, you know, there was a serious issue with someone, PD have so many things in place to oh, so many help you. So many so from people. egregores, egregores up to right up to the conducting. Yeah, you know, that, that's, that's um, my point of, of call anyway. I just go straight to our egregore and just be yeah. like... Egregore help. And, and, and that's and that's their primary job is to help players for both the good bits and the bad bits, you know. And if it needs to get taken further up the chain, there are policies, there are procedures, because again, PD is a company. It, it's it's not like the smaller club-based games, you know, and they have good working people who are out there and their sole job is to make sure that people are safe for the weekend as much as what they can be you know uh, and support in aftercare or support during an event and as i said uh, sitting down with even just an egregore or sitting down with like your fellow citizen and again it could be joe marcher and you and you could be from the coast and having a cup of tea and a chat and defusing yeah. can work wonders absolutely yes. wonderful. Yeah. it's a hobby and it's a game and rule one there is many rule ones, uh, but the most <laughs> important rule one is it is just a game. It is, yeah. It's yeah. literally just a game. It's mm-hmm. everybody's holly bobs. You know, we all take time out, and it's one of the most expensive hobbies out there. It's expensive. Um, yeah, because I, I you throw yourself into it. I mean, I we we talked about this um, last week actually. Like that, there was there was an event last year where I drove away from the event, and I was like, I didn't I didn't do it. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. La la la. And then at the end, I was like, I remembered my mentality at the beginning of the week. At the, at the beginning of the weekend, I was like, it was middle of summer. I was busy at work. It's, it's, I was tired and I, I was there for a holiday. And you know what? And I, I kept thinking, you know what? Yeah, I should go and do that. But you know what? I'm going to sit down and have some drink and just and sit by a fire. And at the end of the weekend, yep. I was like, oh, no, I wasted the weekend. I'm like, why am I beating myself up? It was, it's, a, it's a holiday. <laughs> say, th- Thursdays are like one of my favorite nights. And I, I always encourage people to, if they can, come on Thursday because you're meeting real people that are just people. And a lot of people are very welcoming and very friendly. And like, like in Mariska especially, we don't like seeing people on their own. Um, yeah. so it's like oh just come sit around our fire have a drink have a chat yeah. if you don't drink alcohol fine look we've got some soft drink you like a soft drink you know we'd like a cuppa and I think one of the most surreal ones I had was actually E4 and I'm sitting around the half fire and um, I was camping OC for this one and like, and I was like right at the back of the Navarre as well so like it's a bit of a walk yeah. uh, and I'm sitting there and in the darkness because it got really dark really early on that Thursday um, before the torrential rains on Friday and all I heard was one voice Pixie and I just looked up from a conversation I was having I was like what's my name and I'm, I'm looking out in the gloom and because there's no IC set up yet like properly there's just pitch black towards the road and then I hear my name again but it's more than one person and then I hear it as a chorus and, and, so, and I was just like Yes, and then suddenly I had like 15 people all shout my name. They're all my friends from the Wintermark 
who were on their birthday booze cruise mm. on a Thursday night and they've come over to see me and have a couple of drinks. And it was just, it was a nice moment, you nice. know, because it was just like, we're not going, it was just so surreal. I was like, sure, I just heard my name. Yeah. And then like, I was sitting drinking with my friend, and he was like, I'm pretty sure I just heard your name, mate. And I'm like, did I hear my name? <laughs> oh yeah, that's definitely me, isn't it? So it's not going to be bad yet, is it? So <laughs> it's got only can be good. Oh, I just, <laughs> I just love that mentality work. of like, yeah, like, like arriving at a camp being like, okay, they're here somewhere. Should we just start saying their name and hopefully the yeah. head will pop out a tent somewhere? <laughs> it, it's again, it's, it's a hunt on Greta walking through the woods, calling out each other's names. Instead of in the woods, you're just like in this field of tents. And it's yeah. just like, I, I remember one time when I had to go find the secret tea house or the not so secret tea house. Yeah. And, and, and I, I honestly couldn't find it. I walked past that tent three times and ended up in Highgard. And I'm like, mm, I don't think this is Urus. <laughs> like, and I was like, and I just walked up to one of the random people. I think they were in the chantry. And I was like, where's this secret tea house? I keep telling you. And obviously you can imagine in like the big rows of what the Varushka Dags and on. And I'm annoyed because I've spent five minutes walking around looking for it. And he's like, you're the third person to ask me today. Come with me. <laughs> <laughs> with me there's one thing you need to you you, you it, that's hard to get over as well is that sometimes you got to keep reminding yourself this is a tip as well because i've done it so many times it sounds like you do it as well i will yeah not ask people directions like you you're just like walking you're like looking and then you need to remember like everyone is here it, everyone who is here is a role player right so it's okay yes. to interrupt someone and be like hey i'm looking for this thing sorry to interrupt your really important meeting you know and just be a changeling just be like hey i'm looking for this thing you know uh they will show it to you it's fine <laughs> because I've i got, got i got i got i got invited over to pizza club and like um one of my friends she was like I know you walk so much in the field, and it's true. I do like over like twenty to thirty thousand steps a day in Anvil easily. Mm-hmm. The amount I walk, because I just walk from half half to half, just seeing people and talking to people. It's like part of my main game. And uh, she's like, I really want to come out on one of your bimbles with you. It's like, okay, that's fine. You by all means come with me. And we were walking, and we went to Dawn because I was like, oh, we need to go towards there and get fizzy apple. And like uh, this is where we learn uh, in my veil. And uh, before we did, um, my friend Hart. Harlequin, he's got his big antlers, <laughs> changing the antlers on, when Berlokov just came out of a tent, dragged us into his little tent, and then he like, gave us like hot drinks, and like for me, he gave me a cigarette and things, and he was like, I know, because whilst I was still on my curse, he was like, I know you can't feel any joy unless you hear something sad or somebody is in a slumber mood. So I want to tell you the story of how I lost my wife. And he goes into this super sad story, which obviously makes my character then really smile. And he was still trying to keep me there to keep getting drinks because it was just with friends and maybe it's nice to role play. And we walked out and then we went into Warzell and we got the hospitality there. And we went into the Wintermark and got hospitality there. And like, because I've taken one of my friends with me, she's now just made 30 new friends. Yes. She was like, is this what it's like all the time? I was like, all the time. Yeah. All the time I just get grabbed and pulled into tents. Yeah. <laughs> <And then laughs> sit, drink, or sit and eat. Have you eaten today? It's one of the biggest questions I get. So I'm notoriously bad for eating at LARP. Um, yeah. I just I just forget. I'll normally have breakfast and I try and have a hot dinner. In uh, yeah. It's the thing about being Vrishka then. If every tent you go into, you got to eat something. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, uh, I, I, it's, you know, but I've got a lot of people in that field that go, have you eaten? 
And it's like, uh, maybe. It's like, that's the maybe. Come with me. And then I get fed. You know, and then and it's, that's a nice attitude. And I find that's becoming more of a common thing as well. And that's yeah. not just for Rushka. That seems to be coming, looking out for other people. It's big and clever. Yeah. Big and big and clever. Yeah. But again, yeah, Rushka, we do it all yeah. the time. <laughs> Yeah. So, so many people do it as well don't they there's, there's that real mm-hmm. like the fact that obviously we need to focus on things like self-care making sure we're actually looking after ourselves when we are in, in daily life anyway but especially at these sort of big events but I find that every event I've been at so many other people just want to look after you and help you and make sure yeah yes have you had something to eat have you had something to drink Remember, beer is not not to... hydration. Says who? Oh, prove me. <laughs> 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 I've just said that's ninety-five percent water in this. One of, one, of, one of my favorite things would be going to bars and just like putting down like a, a throne in a bar and going, "Bam!" There's my tab set for the weekend. I am drinking here. Um, <laughs> like I, I've got it rolled over at the Artisan Arms in the Wintermark. So many. <laughs> It's unreal. And it just, I think it got to a point where Mother Fame was like, we've just lost count how much money you keep giving us. So just just, just come and just get a drink. <laughs> I'm, I'm rubbish. I'm a total sucker for just like little pretty things or kids selling things or mystery bags. So I spend my yeah. coin like really quickly. Um, but I've realized now that a lot of places, seeing a lot of like IC posters and things, they take stories as currency. And I yes. have um, da- gathered some really lovely stories. So my goal is to go to one of these places and perform one of these stories as dramatically as I can so I can get free food and drink. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? Again, the best thing about, about the game, you can solely do that. You know, you can spend all weekend. <laughs> One would assume you're a troubadour. Uh, <laughs> we call them standards. Yeah, I can, I can, to- I can, I can totally see Robin. I can totally see RNL becoming becoming a troubadour because you. Well, I was too scared to at first because I was yeah. like, "Oh, a troubadour sounds like amazing. I could go and I could be a troubadour." Mm. And I was like, "Oh, but uh, real life, you know, because so Dungeons and Dragons, I always play a bard. Real mm. life, I can't sing." And I can't play an instrument, so I thought, oh, well, I can't really do that part of the game. And I'm like, I can stand up and tell stories in front of people. That sounds amazing. So, yep. Yep. maybe into the troubadour side. I mean, that's what because we had a conversation today actually about where would we be if we weren't in if we had to leave Dawn, um, like where would we want to go? And for me, it was. Vrushka because Vrushka is exciting it's the it's the the stories of like the monsters and the rules and I'm like oh I could go and I could be like a a bard in in Vrushka (laughs) oh easily Uh, you can be a you can be because we have several different archetypes you know you've got the warden who goes out and and essentially they protect the veils and the roads and they ward it away and their jobs are some may kill and slay monsters, some may just shoo them away. Some may even talk <laughs> to them and find out the monster's point of view and then they become friends of a monster and suddenly that monster's not attacking a veil because, again, yeah, that's what I do. Even, mon- <laughs> even monsters have feelings. Yeah, um, Actually, yeah so the warden, but, is that is that tied to a, is that like tied to a skill or is it... Is, uh, no, 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 it is literally just an archetype. Just uh, archetype. Same as the wise ones. Mm-hmm. You can be, anyone can be a wise one. The advantage of, well, I wouldn't say an advantage, but like, one of the good things about being a wise one is that's how our senators are elected. Normally, our egregores go out to children and get them to ask questions, like get them to give them the questions. And then uh, the 
people who want to be senator will come into a tent. And now tradition, uh, which some of us have been bringing back, is you tie a blindfold um, around so you can't see who it is because we're not because they're never meant to the senator those who want to be senators the candidates are never meant to address the wise ones they're talking to the egregore who is asking the questions uh. and then we are judging them on their answers now these questions could be anything uh, when i became senator one of my favorite questions i got asked is so you have a you are alone in the woods you can either have one of three things, a lantern, a cloak, or a staff. Which one do you pick? And it can be as simple as that. For uh -huh. me, I went cloak, uh -huh. because a cloak will because. keep you warm, and you can find a lantern. You can make yourself a staff. You can you know? survive, yeah. <laughs> Some may go, they pick a staff, so they can ward away walls. Some may go lantern, so they can see. Me, it's a cloak, because that will keep me warm, it'll keep me alive, and I can find those other things out in the walls. Yeah. Uh, but then you, but like, you've also got uh, the Volhoff. Now, the Volhoffs are one of my fav favourite sides of the archetypes, because they are our spooky wizards. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're mage casters. They normally have a hat or a hood. Yeah. Hoods, are, hoods are big in Volhoff. You know, you'll uh -huh. find okay. a lot of uh, magicians and ritualists within Varushka are all Volhoffs. Um, in fact, there's even an item in game called the Volhoff's Robes, which allows you to join any other cover. You know, and like that's how integrating they are. But then there's also for me, I, I I don't think it's really an archetype, but I do feel it should be, and that is the humble schlachter. Uh, the schlachter is what we call those that fight in the battles, that fight in the armies. Uh -huh. You know, uh, the golden axe is a schlachter. The infamous iron helms is a schlachter. You know, uh, the northern eagle is a schlachter. We've only got three armies at, at the moment, uh -huh. so. <laughs> you know. But everyone is deep and rich. You know, uh, they're you. They used to be a thing. It's sign coming back of when Varushka marched to the field because Varushka as a nation has changed quite a lot to what it used to be. Mm -hmm. okay. um, it's not like a shield wall like like the mark anymore. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it, it like like it, meta player base? Yeah, as a fighting yeah. style, yeah. yeah. The player base has changed because we've had groups come and go. You mm -hmm. know, we've had characters die. So where it used to be like very heavy shock infantry, a bit like lances uh, in Dawn, it would just be bam, smash and pound it's now become more of a mobile skirmish force you know um where we're all trying to work together on the field and try to keep each other going mm. um and and then there's some of us that see big monsters and like war beasts stuff like that yeah, drakes you, you guys were a um, blur like, on e4 yeah like oh. I, I only i think that was the only time we fought with you last year was e4 i think yeah um, like they were terrifying <laughs> absolutely terrifying when we came because it was um the end of the battle that's the only time i actually um remember being there with Brushka, and it was towards the end of the battle um we're coming through um into the main field and we were we were there were so many so many barbarians and everybody from Brushka, and all you hear is them whispering and this sort of like whisper of them all just being like Barushka. and it was getting louder and louder and i was like this is terrifying i'm so glad they're on our side <laughs> it's the thing I, I haven't taken field in a while uh, a lot of that is because again at pd you can uh, and by you can choose whether you go on these big battles yeah. and it's not yes. cowardice if you don't you know um i think it was 2019 was the last time i took field so i haven't taken field this side of covid 
um, and that's due to IC reasons. I became a senator, so I took a step back because I wanted to see the younger blood take more of the control, um, especially like a lot of people forget about uh, with generals, it, it especially like it's even as though they're, they're the ones deciding on what conjunctions they're going on on the military council on the Friday night um, and people look to them to lead. They have no authority on anybody there. Even the field marshal has no authority. I think Matt P summed it up the best. It's not, you have to follow me. It's, will you follow me? You know, yeah. um, and, and people always look to the generals to do it, but there's nothing stopping. I've seen about three times now where somebody's been a field marshal and they're not a general. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Because the council have gone, I know this really good person who's very invested in this fight yeah whose lands it's in it could be say for instance you could be in the barons and it could be an old dornish house who's lost it because they their house originally from the barons but they're a notable figure on the battlefield and people rally around them yeah because of their presence they're not following commands of that people because nobody wants to be told what to do at LARP. that's mm. uh, not why we go um so it, 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 it is all about inspiring you yeah know? you've got to encourage um, people we... to to actually yeah listen because hey if you want to maybe if you want to do well and win and not die then it's probably a good idea yeah, to if, follow yeah, the orders yeah. a, a general's responsibility is simple the commanding of the army that they're involved in and they have the option turning up to council a general doesn't even need to go to military council you know they every general wants to be there because it's a big game of maths and numbers um and it is it's from somebody who's done that side of the game it is a fun part of the game and you get what you get you get to be more and you get to meet more people of different things like meet board seat holders and senators you know and then try to keep your senators on your side but also then start trying to talk to other senators and formulate all of these plans for the giant risk game because it is a giant game of risk yeah. um yeah. you know like it all happens we all submit or they all submit orders and then it all goes you know but then i've done the senate side as well and like that's a completely different side of game because that is just parliamentary politics but sometimes knives come on the senate floor who knows <laughs> uh, or timothy jumps a barrier for instance and tries to yeah. murder and i'm so happy he's in barushka now i'm not gonna lie uh, oh the players in barushka now oh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, lo- I love the lad's pieces uh, mm-hmm. i loved him as timothy but now he's playing a Varushkin Cambion and he's been doing a lot of player events beforehand. Ooh, um cool. <laughs> yeah, the purple cambion. <laughs> but like it, it's it's these things like when we used to turn up to Battlefield, you know, and before like that wait and all the speeches happen at the Sentinel Gate, mm-hmm. we all hear normally for them as soon as they hit Urizen is hear the sound of the schlachter coming. Barushka! And like, you get everybody shouting Barushka, but you've got like one person shouting, hear the sound of the schlachter coming. Yeah. You know, and it is that intimidation fear, but it's also pumping you up. You're you're ready to run through that sentinel yeah. gate and start taking names, you know. Uh, Honestly, when, uh, when they started doing that on the field, because like, this was the end of the field and we were... We had spent all of our energy and then some, and it was a, it was a final bit, and we thought we're so close to getting through here. We just need to hold this back longer. And then when they started chanting, that, I just thought, "Oh, I can go another hour. I can take all yeah. of them yeah. right now." You know, and it's yeah. just that feeling of empowering from them. 
it's when the adrenaline kicks in it's just like oh okay so i've got like 100 people here who, who are getting me pumped so i but now i'm pumped let's let's just go let's keep going we're not gonna give up you know and, and you find that you can find that across the field in different ways you know um like I, like the glorious charges of dawn you know or when you get like the the shield walls in winter mark just dropping down and locking in and like give no ground gets called or the build blocks from the marches go down and, and especially when they got like mercenary build blocks in and you just watch 70 pole arms sort of start taking apart people you know it's a moment i like to think of as a, a russell crowe film uh, and it's not gladiator it's actually robin hood controversial opinion i really like that film. um but, there, but there's a bit where they're in a castle at france uh-huh. and um They've, they've run up onto the gatehouse and they've thrown all these bags of oils on there and you've got all of the longbowmen and like the the shields go up and, it, and you just hear Russell Crowe go makes a mighty fine pincushion and they all shout King Philip's ass and they all shout him out like loosing arrows it's that type of feeling where you've got like 30 people all involved in one thing and suddenly that can inspire almost hope across the entire line like some of the worst situation battlefields I've been in like you've been we've been winning the battle but like the retreat back is the worst part that's the most dangerous bit yeah yeah Yeah. like we many many moons ago when the blackthorns army was uh, in danger the empire actually pulled off the near impossible Uh, so we had a timed battle Uh, we had to get to an area we had to hold that area for 45 minutes oh that's horrible (sighs) Yeah. Uh, if any barbarian stepped in the like the area we were in, automatic fail. They only had to be in there for five seconds. Automatic fail. Yeah. Right. And this was saving the Black Forms army. Um, and the whole idea was we need this army where it is. We can't let all because at the end of the day, all those members of the all those people in the armies they're still citizens. Yeah. You know, so they might be off-screen citizens, but people who pledge themselves to the empire every day are going to die. You know, and you had like the and it was a big circle, so we had like I think we had seven minutes to get on, seven minutes to get off. You know, and it was this whole time crunch thing. And you had Varushka ringing one side of the woods, you had the winter mark the other side, you had the marchers trying to hold different parts of the lines and you had the Navari mixing as well. So it, it was just constant shifting from side to side. It ended up stop fighting as nations and fighting as an empire, but we did it. We managed to get on. We managed to achieve the objective. The field marshal called it and we pulled off and it was that retreat where I saw so many of my friends like I see in the marchers die because they're holding back the bill blocks half of the half of the nations that are out there already booked it out of the woods and they're on the main field where there's nobody and there's some of us trying to literally go back and grab people but we were seeing more and more people falling like and being dragged back by the barbarians and suddenly there's 30 barbarians in front of you what are you going to do you're going to go down swinging and try and save your friend or are you going to do the smart uh, wise choice and pull back and try and get out of that and fight for another day like one of the most, I'd like to say, emotional parts of that battle I had, I found a young marcher, and he was mortally wounded. And 
he he was crying out for help. So I, I just threw his arm over my shoulder. I took him to a tree and I was like, what can I do for you? And he was like, I need you to find X and bring them to me. Now, luckily, I knew who X was because she was a general in the marches and one of my friends. So I spent 10 minutes of that battle trying to find one person in all of that anarchy, whilst these lines are fragilely holding on, jumping in, trying to clear out a load of barbarians so a line could reform and hold again. And then I found her and I pulled her all the way back and she was like, what are you doing? I was like, I found one of yours. He is dying and his last request is to get you here. I made a promise. This is my hard choice. Again, Rushkin. I made that hard choice of I abandoned from what I was doing to help this citizen so he could say goodbye, you know? And it was just, ah, and I walked off the field and I'm just like, (laughs) you know, like it's just beautiful moments like that. Absolute beauty. Yeah. No, those, uh, yeah, those battles are, are something else. And you do get those, you do get those just crazy moments. Actually, it's funny you saying about like the retreat being dangerous. That's the time where I get like, nervous like is usually when the objective is either failed or whatever or and usually you don't know at that point especially if you're not in charge or whatever what the hell's going on you're just being told yeah. right we're, we're leaving now and yeah usually especially for us because we're we're usually uh heavy and shielded we're usually like right we're staying here while everyone else retreats. Yeah, we're always the last <laughs> yeah. ones out. <laughs> right, it, can, it can always turn into an animo situation. Yeah, like exactly. D- Dawn is staying here while Navarre get the fuck out. And I'm like, I would like to get the fuck out too, actually. But it's okay. <laughs> can we go too? That's not glorious. Hey, this is the... Because uh, you're talking about like glory. That's one thing that uh, like, out of character and in character people get a little bit confused at when they... Maybe if they're like new to hearing about Dawn people will just be like, oh, that's not very glorious. And what they're, they're talking about is like honorable. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, I was, I was like, it's not glorious to die for no reason. It might be honorable. Leave, leave the honors, the winter markers and the Jotun. No, I'm out of yeah. there. If it's lost cause, that ain't glorious. <laughs> See you later. It's pretty glorious just to book it at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm my friends away. and running. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey if, you, if you're- My glory was getting my family out alive. Um, yeah, well, exactly. There's more glory in that than, than anything else. We're, we're almost at time without taking a break. Are you okay to... Because I just want to ask you about Kit. Are you all right to carry on for another 10 minutes uh, or so? Yeah, yeah. I'm okay to carry on, that. That's yeah, fine. Sure. Yeah, because you, cause you, a lot of people will... Like, new players, one of the big questions or the big queries you get from Empire is that, like, we talked, brushed on uh, briefly that people might see it as like oh yeah you know the kit standards are really high and it's what's what's varushka like for getting into uh kind of entry point level kind of kit wise entry point of kit um a lot of stuff you can buy in the field like we're actually one of the only nations uh to have hero pants in our brief which is the uh almost like the roos viking style trousers that yeah they've got like the lace-ups at the bottom that's actually in our brief I mean, you can get them from pretty much any, any trader yeah. in the field uh any online larp trader just don't go to viking store because friends don't tell their other friends to shop there uh that's there's not anything really past the fact you just won't get your order there's the notorious um the other thing is is 
you can get like traditional Polish shirts uh, with like the embroidery on it. Mm-hmm. So and you can get them pretty cheap. Uh, it, it's a very traditional Eastern European vibe to it. Uh, you've also got like the triangle hats. Again, you can pick them up by IC and OC of uh, money. Yeah, you can pick them up in the field. I know somebody in the Wintermark that makes them, but like they're the triangle hats are traditionally ours. Um, oh, nice. And then it's all about uh, normally. Coats and cloaks to refer the refer to what you're trying to achieve. Uh, in fact, I can get a coat. Oh yeah, show Go us, show us the version coats. Uh, bear with me because I need to go into the big old lock cupboard. <laughs> As he takes the elevator Luckily. down to the, <laughs> to the next level. No, <laughs> I, I have a really warehouse. cool cupboard that has essentially a casket inside of it. You slide out, and that stores a lot of my kit. Uh, so this is what some may call a traditional Perushkin coat. Nice. Um, this is quite old. This one. <laughs> this is like mm-hmm. my first one. So it's it's quite heavy juicy. It's color mm-hmm. red. Uh, we are big, 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 big on trim. Trim. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you can pick this up for dirt cheap. Yeah. Absolutely, so cheap. And then there's like the fur, fur trim. Bertram, that's all faux fur for me. Yeah. Uh, but the best thing about my coat is fleece line. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Fleece line, canvas outside. But this was made by a friend of mine. But you could easily just pick up a, a like a red canvas or a red wooden coat. Mm-hmm. I don't got another wooden coat. Hang on. Well, that's so a good thing part. with trim, right? Is that it's it's easy to mm-hmm. attach on. You know. It's... Yeah. Oh, yes. So this one, I actually got from Dust Shop. Uh, in the field and good thing about lara she loves trading stuff uh, for stuff so so i'll have my stuff for stuff and i traded her a load of old kit uh-huh oh nice originally it was just a robe so i cut it down the middle mm-hmm. um it's very big but i've, I've got to add my embroidery to the side of it mm-hmm. but it's just a nice big woolen robe so it's all about keeping yourself warm yeah i mean uh, it's uh, yeah, I got to admit, <laughs> at, at E1, you can tell the the Varushkin players are, are, are more smug than anyone else. Uh, when it... Yeah, <laughs> really are. I, I, I like I like to say us and the Yorks. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. The Yorks die more in the summer than we do. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I but bet. that's because of the mask. Yeah. But like, it, it's just entry level kit for Varushkas, fairly easy. Yeah. Um, luckily, again with PD, there is the essentially it's it's you know like they've got their own pinterest pages and things mm-hmm. so oh, you can find it. yeah there's pinterest pages um i'll put the link, I'll put link down section. in the description for, for everyone for pinterest boards yeah. a lot a lot of them been created by players as well mm, yeah, uh, yeah. in the early days obviously the look and feel section's quite in depth yeah but the best way i found is asking people on the facebook group yeah that i mean that, um, that is because yeah. everybody will help point you in the right direction and it's not to make you it's not to make your kit look better for them it's to make you feel better because we yeah. all feel better in nice things yeah like that's in the real world as well right i feel good it, it's difficult because yeah some people will be like I've, I've had people like message being like oh yeah you know i don't think my kit's gonna be i don't think my kit's gonna be good enough and i'm like a lot of the pictures of me especially because how hot e3 and e4 were I'm like I was. I'm literally just in a cotton shirt and trousers, and there's pictures of me. And that's all I wore all weekend. I'm like, that's all you need. But at the same time, I still spend hundreds of pounds to on 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 shiny armor because I want to look good. I don't need to, but 
<laughs> so, like my um, my summer wear, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Now these, like these big cardies, mm-hmm. look very icy. I've got a red one of these. Yeah. yeah. So what I'll do is I'll wear normally uh, a dark shirt underneath it, my big hero belt uh, made by Brian Umber um armories yes i'll do some shameless plugging on this um and then like normally again like uh my chain i'll show you the chain because we were talking about this earlier yeah we were we were talking oh, yeah. about it before weren't we so, this as you can see i can hold in one hand because so it's that light is that, is this that is, alley, is what is uh it is alien neoprene uh, oh, it is right, okay. split at the front uh-huh it is made, this is best folk, so uh-huh. uh, this is actually made to fit for me. Nice. Uh, there's a lot of stretch in it because of the neoprene. Yeah. Uh, so I'll hold up to the camera once we get one of the arms up. As you can tell, <laughs> it's actually made like actual chain nails. Oh, but wow. Every, every, every four rings, there's oh, neoprene. Oh, neoprene. So, ah, neoprene. right. You've got stretch. Oh, that's so, so clever. Nice and stretch. Yes. But this is so long. Mm-hmm. I call it Mithril because it basically is uh, for Lord of the Rings nerds because it is light as a feather. Yeah, like oh, I've gone through those years of wearing forty-five kilos of chainmail, but that's my entire chainmail shirt. Yeah, in one hand. Yeah, I mean that, that comes is... down to my knees, covers my arms, covers my full body. Mm. It's got the belt buckles on the front, and this was made by Andy and Matt um, at Armchair Armory. Uh-huh. Not cheap. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I but mean, it is worth every penny. Hey, it like looks you, every penny. I mean, like you said, like for, uh, 45 kilos of uh, chainmail is, is is not overly cheap sometimes either. You know, if no, people are looking 100%, at, no. yeah, if people are looking at like riveted steel chainmail, which is going to cost uh, a fortune Ooh. to wear a ton. I think I prefer to get the lighter stuff, to be honest. Yeah, that was me sliding the casket. <laughs> 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 um, I don't know. When, we, when we moved into this house, it used to be a boiler cupboard. Yeah. Um, Keep keeping yeah. those plague wolves at bay. Just. just no. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, a kit pot, casket. Cause... It's an actual casket. Okay. It's getting pushed back in. No, no, no. <laughs> oh. oh. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I want one. Yeah, that's what you need. <laughs> so I don't know what they use this for. Uh huh. But it's not what I use it for now. Yeah. <laughs> it used to clearly be an airing cupboard. Probably. Yeah. Space. I saw that and I looked at my wife and I was like, Yeah, I'm claiming this is my office. Yeah. Uh, so all of the LARP stuff gets put in here. Yeah, too right. You and I was like, I'll just put all my kit in that. Yeah, well, you need a room. Right <laughs> so, now. Yeah, you need a room. Yeah, it, it yeah. gets to that. It gets to that point where you, when you get a room, because then you get stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like boxes and totes and bags and like that's not even the camp stuff. Yeah. You know? Like I've got an entire cupboard downstairs outside. <laughs> lean to where all of my tent is and chairs and we like we we upgraded and had camp we now have camp fishing beds oh i'd recommend them so much yeah. they're off the ground they're very comfortable and you can adjust them um, we, we, we went real bushy didn't we we, we, we oh we, i didn't even consider sleeping on the ground <laughs> first ever lap we were like no we are not sleeping on the ground like it's, again we, like, we, ca- we came into i think if we had like started maybe in like our 20s or something like that or our teens we, we probably would ah yeah fine sleep on a sleeping bag 
we were like no, no we, we're not no we're not spending a weekend with with sleeping on the floor <laughs> no. so we bought some like no. bed frames didn't we off amazon and they're like well yeah it was, it was like seven, 70 quid for these like metal bed frames that they, they pack away and you pull them out we already had two like um single mattresses that we could put on them nice. so like that is the best way to keep warm anyway like yeah. the fact yeah. that obviously we're both there it's a lot nicer that way we're not like on a sleeping bag on the floor blankets or uh my favorite thing is uh my wife found these like foldable uh like mats that have got like um like tin foil on almost like aluminium foil on one oh, side right, right? Yeah, yeah and they're normally made for camping you lay one of those under your bed and then what you do is you put um a nice blanket on your bed then you go in it and then generally duvets <laughs> because yeah we just had a duvet <laughs> Yeah, like that's that's our preferred method of sleeping. Uh, I have been there and done that with the one man tent, uh, a sleeping bag. I, I've used uh, my kit bag as a pillow. Uh, there's nothing beneath me, just tent. Uh, and I have, in my later years, come to regret that. But yeah. they were fun at the time. Yeah, yeah fun, <laughs> at the, fun at the time. It's, it's nothing better than being like well rested and being like, ha. Ah. Ready for the, and you feel bad because sometimes you like you you get up and you're like oh I'm refreshed ready for the day and then some poor person has like had a terrible night's sleep in the out of character yeah. area or something like that yeah. they're like oh I was so sore and wet it was so wet <laughs> I last slept night. in a rock all night <laughs> cool yeah. there was water coming in and <laughs> like no if, if if it's in people's means I always recommend even if it's just a camp bed. Yeah. get one of those the only reason i, I never say uh, like the blow-up beds a because they're prone to come down on you during the night and be one little puncher in your car where you're like one little snag from a bag and that's done for the weekend you haven't got a bed at least if you have like a, even like the, the almost like um the old medic style camp yeah yeah. Beds. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they could come like camp chairs you follow them out we used to have those mm. and they those stretcher beds were amazing um, but then we got the fishing beds. So, but like, if anything I could sell to anybody is camp smart. Um, my wife has actually done some of her YouTube videos, fancy Fox, uh, where she's actually got guides, <laughs> guides to actually camp. So from cheapy, cheapy camping mm-hmm. to expensive camping, like she's done videos on all of them and, uh, how, and like the history of laugh and bits like that. Like she made them a few years ago and I know, I know especially the camping videos have really helped a lot of people. And that's, that's one of the biggest feedback she gets is the about uh, camping on a budget to like a one man pop-up tent to yeah. camping with a bell tent. has got a, a bit of sewing ground shit, you know? Yeah. Cause, yeah, cause sometimes yeah. people don't, they, they don't know what to priority because like LARP camping is different from going out normal camping. camping normal camping because we have camping friends who were like in the scouts and when we started doing this we're like oh yeah we're taking this and like why are you taking that and i'm like because we're not like putting on a backpack and we're, i'm like i can put it in my van and drive to it so yeah i'm taking a full bed with me and do this yeah. <laughs> I, I i know somebody at larp who uses one of the uh, wilderness hammock beds all oh, right and, like yeah. that's their tent for the weekend so yeah. like they'll string up this hammock and then they've got the over sheet and they'll leave their boots underneath the hammock and it's just it's such a surreal sight when you walk around the garden you just see a hammock <laughs> between yeah. two trees yeah yeah I, it, yeah yeah no <laughs> fun. i couldn't do that yeah. i like my bell tent too yeah. much <laughs> whatever whatever's fun awesome pixie well we're we're well over time uh so we won't keep mm-hmm. you any longer but uh we appreciate you coming on and and uh 
sharing your knowledge on Varushka. I'm I'm hyped about Varushka now, actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, we are number one. <laughs> I mean, you're cool. No, but it, it's a place of creepy, cool stories and moral lessons, you know, and uh, people who will always help other people. That's the one thing I found. Yeah. Uh, the last example I will give is, because I haven't really seen it in any other nation, uh, one of my friends, CJ, who's a boyer, what they do is, is they put in a big uh, wood order for the weekend and people pay into it. And I mean, this pallet box, this huge box full of logs arrives on site, gets dropped down in the middle of camp. Help yourself. You know, That's a great idea. Like that. But like, there's a whole company. If you go on the Vershkin Facebook page now, you'll see, you'll see yeah. their post about it. Um, it's, it's just little things like that sells the community we have. So yeah. Well, thank you for having me. Guys. Fantastic, no problem at all. No problem at all. Like I said, it's uh, I'm I'm hyped for Vershkin. Hopefully, hopefully see you on the field. I'm sure you'll be over to. I'm sure you'll be over yeah. to, to, to see the Orzels. Yeah, you can always come. You can always come over and have a couple of drinks yeah. at the half. Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Well, te te technically, I think the Orzels. Start with Belikov and Sundu. <laughs> yeah. in the right direction. Like I'm the only Belikov in the nation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we'll, we'll 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 wander over. We'll wander over. Excellent, Pixie. Right, we'll say goodbye to the podcast, everyone. Right. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, or if you have questions about Barushka, Empire LARP, or LARP in general, or just want to say hey, leave us a comment down below. Make sure that you are subscribing and following so you know when a new episode is posted. Until then, you can go check out some of our other episodes that we have done. Until that next time, though, we love you and stay safe.